Hello, welcome to Sister Friends Cups in Conversation. I'm your host, Teresa Cooper, and I'm glad that you've joined me today. My co-host, Catherine Young, she's not going to be with me today, but we're working on getting us back together and getting us some guests at the table so that we can continue this something in between on our podcast. If you've been listening, you know that our season eight is going to be downloading very shortly. You know, we're actually preparing our uh, tapings now and securing all of our guests for our season eight of Sister Friends Cups and Conversation. I'm so excited that we have been continuing these meaningful conversations. I pray that they've blessed you. I want to take a minute and ask you to join our Sister Friends Facebook page, like it and subscribe to that. Also our Sister Friends YouTube page. You can click the bell and you can follow us and like us and share and then you'll get notifications when uh, new videos upload, when the season starts. Sometimes we post random thoughts of encouragement and we put up pictures and on our YouTube page. So that will help you as well if you follow us on YouTube. The podcast has just been a great addition uh, to the media platform that we've been building. Yes, we've been building conversation and we've been building community uh, with women, sister friends. Our goal is to provide a platform that reaches very broad a multicultural, cross-generational, that's really important, connecting the generations to each other, audience um, that brings hope, that uh, brings love, that presents the gospel without compromise, um, and to present the truth of the gospel without compromise. And so that's our goal, and I hope that we've been inspiring you and we've been encouraging you as you grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and as you just stretch yourself as a woman. Uh, That's what we're hoping to accomplish with um, our podcast and, of course, with our um, Sister Friends series live on Facebook. And so join the community. If you've got a sister friend that you um, would like to invite to be a part of our community, we encourage you to do that. And then if you've never been to our Sister Friends um, face that Facebook, but our um, our website. I want to invite you to visit our website at sisterfriendscupsandconvo.com. And on there, we have monthly blogs, just another way to share um, conversation with you. And we invite a variety of women from across the country to just share a blog um, with our community that, that's useful, that's encouraging, that's uplifting. And if you would like to maybe be a blogger, maybe you've thought about it, but you don't know how to start it for yourself, but maybe you might want to be a, a, a visiting blogger uh, for Sister Friends Cups and Conversation, email us at sisterfriendscupsandconvo um, at gmail.com. And uh, send us an email and say that you're interested and uh, we'll read your blog. And if it's useful, helpful, even if you're just, you know, trying it out, uh, we would love to present a platform for you. Um, That's our heart. That's what we want to do. We want to gather women and uh, gather them to have these meaningful conversations. So uh, this is our something in between before season eight starts. And, you know... 
we just we're right at March the 2nd. And so we've just ended 28 days of black history. And I wanted to take a minute, you know, and just talk a little bit about um, something that's important to me. Um, you know, when we talk about the black woman in the United States, um, she's the least um, paid women as a whole um, are still making 60 cents to a, a man's dollar. And uh, the equity and the equality that we're facing as a nation is progressing and it's moving forward. But even with all of the, the success and with all of the uh, moving forward and with all of the glass ceilings being shattered, um, if you are a black woman, you're still um, at the bottom of that glass ceiling being shattered. You know, I, I'm so grateful for Jesus because he is the great equalizer. Uh, that's what I love most about him is that the gospel of Jesus Christ breaks all the barriers and the stigmas and uh, this the could have should have in our lives. He when he puts his hand on you and when you come into a realization of who he is in your life, he enables you to break uh, through barriers and he puts you in places that you wouldn't otherwise be qualified or even if you were qualified they didn't give you a seat at the table or you created a table and they still closed the door that's what I love about Jesus is that he breaks all of those barriers and those things that try to keep us on the outside because the greatest thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is that he died and he and and he rose again to, to give you access uh, beyond what man could provide to you or what man could do for you. And so he does a supernatural work in your life that no matter what the statistics say, um, when you latch hold of what he has said, that he didn't just say that you would be a conqueror, but he says that you would be more than a conqueror. He didn't just say that you would um, be the head. He says in his word that you would be the head only and not beneath. And so he makes a very a clear distinction what his thoughts and his plans are about you. And so I love that part. Even though in my flesh, I'm an African-American woman. And if you if you are even more specific about it, I'm about 20% um, European. Um, I did a DNA test. Um, I'm also um, Creole. Um, my family comes from Lake Charles, Sulphur, Louisiana, on my mother's side. And my paternal side um, in, within my family uh, was bi biracial and, and um, Native American. And so there's a mixture um, that goes forth um, within my bloodline, yes. But at the end of the day, um, when I'm presented uh, before society, they're going to say, and they're going to look at me, and they're going to either think she's um, biracial, or they're going to think she's mixed with something, um, but predominantly, she's an African-American. And I'm okay with that. And, you know, I go back to um, February, 28 days celebrating Black history. And, you know, 
I appreciate the United States for uh, giving us a month where we could be highlighted, where we can, as a group of people, um, help create the narrative and inform people about our ancestry and about the uniqueness of what it means to be African-American as a people, because it is a very unique um, identity um, compared to other um, ethnicities around the world, because what happened in the transatlantic slave trade was not just mere slavery as we've learned throughout our history. It was very, it was very specific. It was specific in that um, there was no freedom. There was no release after 70 years or 40 years. If you go back to other cultures, there was no paying for your freedom. There was no, um, there was no degrading to say that you were less than when it came to your humanity um, as a human, you were less than as a human. There were in, in other um, cultures where they may have utilized slave trade or um, indentured servants. Um, they did not uh, attach to those people or to that situation the level of this is property. This is as equal to an ox or to a horse. That was unique to the American experience. And that's so important for people to realize. But again, I go back to I love Jesus because Jesus, even in the uniqueness of what it what it meant to be a part of the transatlantic slave trade and and to build America. He even has the power to dismantle all of those principalities, all of those narratives, and and cause us to achieve and cause us to break through uh, to a place um, in him and in the earth, uh, not just for our glory or our benefit, but ultimately for his glory and his benefit in the earth. And I love that because, man, Jesus is everything. I can look at my life and I can literally say that it was because of him um, that I've achieved or that I've uh, obtained any level of happiness, success, joy, or fulfillment in my life. And, um, there's nothing else that could um, convince me otherwise because I knew I knew specifically the place I was in and specifically the miracle that I needed um, to happen in my life um, that only he was able to provide. And so that's good news. And I know many of you that are listening today, you may have similar stories or you may be um walking into um, that type of experience um, with the Lord. You've tried everything um, to satisfy or you tried everything, whether it was through intellectual means or whether it was through a substance or whether it was was through um, other philosophies or other religions. And it wasn't until you encountered the man Jesus Christ, until you encountered uh, his love, his salvation, his plan um, of healing and deliverance. Um, it wasn't until then that you, the light bulb came on and you realized that no matter what 
the earth, no matter what family, no matter what systems have decided for you, that he had a better um, pronunciation about your life. And so I'll go back to Black History Month, um, that in America we, we take that time, 28 days. And I've often said, you know, I honor that that privilege that we get to highlight that. But if you're a person of color, specifically an African-American, your black is beautiful and your black is celebrated 365 days, 24-7. It's not a choice. It's not something that you can make a decision about. It is who you are as far as your birthright and as far as the ethnicity that you were cradled into. And it's a part of the skin tint. I love also that about God is is that he was very intentional in that he didn't make any of us exactly the same as far as the package that we came in. We're absolutely the same internally. That's what makes us a human. But he added the variety of creation, the same variety that we see in trees and the birds that we see in the this color in the sky and the sunset and all the things that are, are natural. We could see that he created even that same variety in us as a people. Um, even if we just coined the word people of color, uh, that would include um, Indians, the Indian as far as Native American or just Indian um, from India, or it would include Hispanics of all types of Hispanic, Puerto Rican, Mexican, um, Dominican. Um, it would include Asians, people of color. Um, and so, and he's made us all uh, to be yet distinctively different. And even if we went even further to say um, Europeans, they are even distinctively different within themselves, being Swedish or being of a Greek origin or being Italian or being Irish or British. Um, they, you know, uh, there is a variety even in that. And so um, it's never a diminishing or it's never a um, something that would be negative to highlight uh, one group of, of people, especially uh, a groups of people that have contributed um, to making America great and making America the melting pot, and knowing that that um, there's been um, marginalization in whether it be through education. Um, as far as recognition or highlighting. And so whenever we decide to, to celebrate, whether it be Cinco de Mayo or whether it would be um, St. Patrick's Day or just any other day that would highlight different ethnicities, it's always a celebration because it gives us an opportunity to talk about and to focus on a particular group of people that maybe um, has been in the shadows or that maybe um, were not given the same equal time um, as others. And so um, I wanted to take a minute to just talk about that. I know it's it's Women's March is um, Women's Month. 
And so coming right off of Black History in February, we, we roll right into Women's Month. And one of the things um, that I wanted to really highlight and just take a minute is like I started at the beginning and I said that the African-American woman is the most educated person within the United States. You could do the history if you have the time. You'll, you'll see that, the most educated woman. And then, but at the bottom of the pay scale, and even as we might be fighting for um, equality or equity in pay, um, she's still going to be um, at the bottom compared to other um, ethnicities, even as she's the most educated. Um, and so there's a disparity um, that happens. And sometimes when that happens and when there's there's a constant uh, position that you've been put in to where you're fighting and you're climbing and you're achieving, sometimes that can be wearisome. If not, and I say sometimes, but I would dare to say it is wearisome to the soul, to the heart, the mind, and to the emotion. And so in that, I wanted to just take a minute to just offer some affirmation and some encouragement uh, to you today if you're listening. And even if you're not African-American, it's just giving you a, a, a window into the experience and then it could help you um, as you're living life um, to be an ally, to be an encourager, especially as the daughters of, of God, as people of God, as the children of God. It should always be our first response to be an encourager, to be a affirmer, to affirm people, not so much to where we would just think so much about ourselves, but the Bible talks about being preferring others before yourself. You know, the, I, there was a scripture that I used to always love, and it's in the Gospels, and it's Jesus telling the story about um, a wedding and that when you get an invitation and you're invited somewhere, don't, don't scope out, don't look for the best seat, don't look to be seated in, you know, reserved seating. And we've all done it. You know, we want to participate in things, and but we want to make sure, do I have this seat? Can I be up close? I'll even pay extra because we want up close action to what's happening. But there, but with that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I do have to say with that, um, there, there is a spirit that could come um, with that, when that's your mentality, it, it, you can easily become um, entitled. Well, I've deserved that, or I've earned that, or my age requires that, just just because of my age or my experience, and and it, so it, it can easily seep into your heart and into your spirit. And, and so we've all met those people where, you know, we're all going in the same direction. We're all are getting on the same plane, but they just want something super extra because they feel like they've deserved it. And so that can seep into your, into your spirit. And I love how Jesus said, 
and he, and he shared about um, wait, show up, be prepared, but wait for them, find a seat, and then wait for them to say, come up closer, come up, there's a seat for you, wait for them to come for you. And I think we all, um, if, you know, you keep on living, you'll find out that you always kind of prefer those people. You like to be around those type of people that don't really feel entitled, that don't feel like things are just supposed to happen for them simply because of their last name or simply because of this or that. Uh, We all love to be around people that have just a internal, it's already, you could tell that life has already worked on them internally to where they're grateful for the opportunity. They're just grateful to be in the room. They're grateful to, you know, to just be in the room. And if they get to be up close or if they get to be in the middle or if they get to be at the very back, they're still just as grateful because they're in the room. And so that's just something to think about. Yeah. I could really stop just right there because we've all have experienced people that just feel like there's something so special that everyone's to be moving around in circles around them. Um, and to be honest, um, we all are unique in our own way and we all are special in our own way. But kindness and having simple gratitude and preference And just realizing that it's a blessing to be invited, that it's a privilege to be included, it really does leave an aftertaste in people's mouths. They remember you. And it seems like something so simple. So, you know, it's not, it's untalked about, you know, it doesn't create the gossip. But at the end of the day, people remember because they remember the spirit, the aura that you left behind. And generally, people that feel entitled, they're generally more snappy, they're more rude, demanding, and they're commanding. Um, And people remember that too. So... What, what is it exactly that I want to share with you today for coming off of the heels of Black History and then going into Women's Week or Women's Month? You know, one of the, the great things about uh, my life that I can say is, is that I had parents that were just phenomenal in the fact that they were paysetters for their generation and for their families. And so my mom always, um, she was a young mom, but she was also a 
a, a young mom with vision and with drive and with a level of intelligence that was just um, remarkable for her time in growing up, for her time within her generation. And so she raised her girls to be independent, to have self-thought, and to speak their minds. But yet at the same time, she balanced it to where um, she taught us how to cook, how to be uh, feminine, um, and how to be authentically ourselves. And then I had a father who was very... uh, diverse um, within his uh, generation as well and um, he was he had a combination a combination of things going on he was an educator an actor a director a poet um, he had street <laughs> cred street credibility um, and he had vision and he saw himself, um, breaking barriers and being somewhere um, that his contemporaries um, were not. And, um, and he was a sharp dresser. And um, he was also a um, community activist. So I had a, a lot of that um, going on. And, but there was a great love for their for their culture um, and for their ethnicity. And so that worked its way through their children. And so today I just want to share a poem that my dad wrote. And I want to just, you know, dedicate this poem to all my sister friends and especially my black sister friends, my African-American sister friends. And I'm just going to read it to you, and I hope that it encourages you. I hope that it empowers you. I hope that you feel the love um, that it was written in. And so this is an original poem. My dad is 77 years old right now, and he's having a few challenges. You know, the thing about aging is that we don't really know what it what it's going to be until it starts happening. So I get the privilege to watch my parents as they're aging. And I'm getting the opportunity to decide, you know, how am I going to age? And what are the, what are the things that I can work on now um, that I necessarily don't like that I'm seeing um, or that I'm learning um, from them as they're aging? And there's no really no, there's no book for it. I mean, they can give us advice and they can advise us. But for the most part, if you have a parent that's aging and you're walking beside them and you you have the privilege to enjoy them still, I would just say to you, be encouraged, um, learn from it, be patient with it, uh, take a lot of mental notes about it so that you can remind yourself when you get to that place 
of, of the things that you learned and the things that were important to you. And so I just thought it would be just a beautiful tribute to share this poem that he wrote so many years ago. And it's entitled Black Woman. Black Woman, you. Black woman whom I love from the blackest depth of my soul, whose mind sharp as a razor, eyes deep as cocoa, lips sweet as honey. I am a warrior. You are my power. For my love runs deep and I feel the fire burning, burning. There is no substance to engulf this flame, for it is the epitome of strength, the eternal flame of love. I shall not be controlled by any force I do not have dominion over. The vibration of your love has sealed the covenant. You are a model of excellence and exhibit virtues of black woman. You, black woman, whom I love. So my dad wrote this poem way back. I was probably in in elementary school when he wrote it. And um, when I read it, I have it framed and it's in one of the rooms at my house. And I read it and I think, wow, he loves black women. He wrote that in love. He wrote that from experience. He wrote that from a place of reference. I love that. I am your warrior. You are my power. This is beautiful. I hope that you know someone or that you're encountering a love in the natural with someone that speaks that type of passion, that type of energy into your life, that says, sister, I see you, that says, brown-eyed girl, I see you. I pray that even beyond natural, that you would completely understand that God sees you and that he's rooting for you and he's cheering for you and that he's empowering you. So this is our conversation today, sister friend. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for continuing to be who you are to those that are in your community. God bless. 